Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yes, welcome to the second edition of our team-by-team preview podcast for 2021 NRL Supercoach season. My name is Ryan Selvich, once again joined by Supercoach Tragic, all-around Derek, Tommy Hudson. Tommy, how are you, bud? It's a bit of a harsh introduction for me, Ryan, but thank you. I'm pretty good. Pretty keen to get stuck into four more teams today. Yeah, of course, uh, this being the second, we've already previewed four teams, so if you haven't checked that out, uh, feel free to head over to our our social pages, our Spotify feed, whatever you call it these days, and uh, our website, of course, supercoach365.com.au. Team-by-team previews. Um, we put in a little bit of time to that. so um, Make it worth our while, please. Oh, absolutely. Make <laughs> it, um, you know, give us a click. Um, as well as that, uh, we're here to actually you know, help you guys out, um, listeners, readers, whatever it may be. Take out a little bit of um, your time and um, guesswork out of Supercoach heading into the 2021 NRL season. Uh, on that, let's just get straight into it. Um, the next team up is the St. George Illawarra Dragons, who for the last couple of seasons at least have been pretty disappointing to say the least given their strength of their roster on paper. Um, that lineup has changed a little bit in 2021 at Um Key additions, key losses. Uh, how do you see the Dragons playing out this year? They've been they've been frustrating, I think, Ryan. Um, I had a pretty big boom on them the last couple of years. I thought they had a really good roster, but the amount of times they've just disappointed you at you're starting to look at their roster and think, do they actually have that in them? Maybe they don't. Yeah. New coach this year, Anthony Griffin, similar to the Cowboys in a way. Paul McGregor had been at the uh, the Dragons for a long time. In comes a fresh coach. You'd hope that it uh, provides a positive impact for them. A lot will centre around, I guess, their halves and their spine because they were chopping and changing last year with Hunt, Norman and McInnes. Uh, which way do you think they'll go this year with that? Well, they're tipped to revert back to Hunt at seven and McInnes at nine, which, I mean, McInnes is a hooker and I think they've had to justify playing Hunt at seven over the past couple of years because of the money that they paid 
to get him to the club from the Broncos. But, I mean, as a fan of the game, as a spectator, am I wrong in saying that I think Ben Hunt has played his best footy and the Dragons have looked their best when Ben Hunt has been at dummy half? Yeah, I think Ben Hunt, honestly, is a nine. I know he's on halfback money, you could say, a million or whatever he's on. Yeah. And So I think he should start at nine. McInnes has done a great job at 13. Yeah. He's, a, he's a workhorse. He can do a job there. And then the fill-in seven is likely to be Adam Clune, or at least it was in 2020. And he did a good job, I thought, given the Dragons weren't in great form. But he actually did a decent job. I don't know if he's steering you to a top eight, top four finish, but he can do a job. And if you have Ben Hunt playing well at nine and uh, McKinnis doing well on the forwards, that might be the option. But from all reports, Griffin's looking to go with Norman and Hunt in the halves. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out anyway. And Corey Norman, uh, his off-field dramas aside, I think he's come out with the YKTR boys and, and tried to clear that up. So uh, is he still a viable option in this team? Or again, is he only in this first 17 because of the money that they are paying him? I mean, was Clune not a better option last year in the halves alongside Hunt or even Sullivan, who's pressing his case for a start? Yeah, he's, Norman's interesting. He sort of typifies the Dragons. He, on paper, you think, great player, but then he, he just hasn't shown much in the last few years he really frustrates fans I know a lot of Dragons fans personally don't they just think he's a really frustrating player so look he has potential everyone knows he's a good player somewhere deep down in there hopefully you can find it this year you'd have to put him in your team if you're Anthony Griffin you're not going to start him in the reserves but he needs to show a lot more yeah I mean yeah I mean he's an origin player right he played origin just a couple of years ago uh, I think it was 2019, as recent as his involvement in the Queensland Maroons setup. Speaking of good players, though, um, you know, one player that you're a massive fan of is Cameron McInnes, and he was, I guess, the glue in this team last year. He kind of kept them together, and a player that you knew what you were going to get from, uh, you know, each and every week in a team, which you, you know, broader speaking, you couldn't say that about the, you know, most of the Dragons players. No, he was just Mr. Consistent, and not just consistent, but. In Supercoach terms, he 76 points per game last year in a team that struggled. That's just incredible effort. Dual position this year, hooker and second row. In draft, my draft competition, if I can, I'm going to be putting him in first because nearly 80 points a game, plays 80 minutes in two key positions. Like, How do you go past him, really? Do you think that those base numbers will drop, though, because he is you know, back to nine? He probably makes his, you know, just as many tackles, if not more tackles, at nine, as he would, you know, if he was shifted onto an edge at, you know, the thirty or you know thirty-five minute mark. But is he still going to take those eight meter carries? I don't think it matters too much, personally. Um, usually, Locke is seen as a desired position for Super Coach. I know Hooker, he was great at Hooker as well. But yeah. either way, I think he still he's a must-have. I think, um, barring obviously injury and suspension, like any other player, but he's just. I don't know, I have a real soft spot for him, so I guess I'm going to go with him. Yeah, and, you know, you would if you... I mean, the sure is people listening to this who are either going to be one way or the other, right? They're either going to love him and include him in their team because they think dual position, consistent, um, you know, focal point in their attack, makes his tackles, whatever. Or you're not going to put him in because he can't justify the price alongside other players like Tamalolo and Crichton and Madison or, you know, even at dummy half, um, Harry Grant or Damien Cook. Cook you yeah. know, some of these other players around that $650,000 quote. In terms of the rest of their um, team, who else do you see starring in 2021? If the Dragons are going to make that jump into the top eight. Oh, well, Zach Lomax stands out, doesn't he, in the back line? Um, I know personally that you, Ryan, have a massive... Uh, guess yeah. boom on him. You can talk about him. Well, he's just always been that player... Um, you know, coming through the junior grades that he knew Zach Lomax was when he was 16, 17 years old. And I think he 
I don't know if he debuted at 18 or 19. He's still only very young, and his frame is still filling out. I think last year we got a glimpse of what's to come from Zach Lomax. I think he was involved in nearly 50% of their points, and obviously he kicked goals, but still to um, score as many tries as he did. Uh, Dufty was obviously influential in that. Their combination will hopefully go to another gear in 2021 for Dragons fans at least. And again, coming through these junior teams... He was always a standout. You don't get called the gifted one by Brad Fittler at age 16, 17 um, if you don't have a special and a bright future in front of you. So in terms of Supercoach, he does start the year at that premium sort of price at $605,000. He retains that dual position, see, but I think if you're playing him, you're not playing him at fullback because there's just too many good fullback options out there. But at 68 points per game last season, uh, a goal kicker this year, you think hopefully the Dragons will score more points this year. So... Uh, at the premium price, uh, his base stats, again, they kind of justify why that price is so high. Yeah, he's definitely hard to say no to. Um, I'm sure you'll be trying to find a place for him in, in your draft comp, but um, I'll, I'll probably be targeting him as well. He's really His age is a big thing for me. He's only 21. He's likely to still improve, and he's already scoring these massive numbers. Um, another person in their back line who I think is worth a second thought, cheaply priced Jack Bird, a bit yeah. of a forgotten man. A bit in the in the NRL, really, his, his career kind of went off the rails at Brisbane. A lot of injuries. hasn't played footy for nearly two years at the first grade level. Yeah. Um, what do you think here? Well, I was you know lucky enough to get to know Jack uh, in 2016 when he won the premiership at Cronulla, and I think he's just and again without using that cliche, I think he's a bit like Tyrone Peachy in the fact that he can play anywhere, and that might actually work against him. He came through. He wanted to play in the halves because he was that ball running, that big body that uh, you know could set up tries, score tries, make his tackles, and you say he's going to play in the backs, and I think on paper at least you'd have to say he's going to slot into that right centre role. But keep in mind that they do have a vacant uh, number 12 position because of Tyson Frizzell's exit on that right edge as well. So Jack being another year older, stronger, hopefully his body's fit. Could you make a case for him starting in the back row? Because he is caught of that Luke Lewis mould, right? He did start on the wing or in the centres, and skillful footy player, but you know, does he find a home in the back row eventually? Well, I think super coaches would be hoping that he could because he'd likely score better in the second row position. Yeah. Um, I don't know where he's at physically and with his fitness, and he's obviously hasn't played like I said for nearly two years, so it's going to take a lot of catching up. But like, he was a great player going back a few years, and if he can yeah. recapture any of that sort of form, either in the centres or second row, at only what is he three hundred and eighty-one thousand. Yeah, cheap enough. He's right? worth a gamble, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think if you pick him up early enough, his body's a question mark as well. But, um, you know, if you want to start the season with him, dual position eligible, uh, you know, you can make a case, a strong case for Jack Bird. Is there anyone else that we should be keeping an eye on uh, for the Dragons throughout 2021? Uh, not, not a lot of action here, I don't think. One, which is obviously a controversial topic, Jack DeBellin. He's been in court now for two years. Uh, his next date is in April. He's very cheap on the game because he hasn't played. Um, but we do know he is a good player and he, he used to score very well when he did play. So if he could get clearance to play again in April, 391000 for a second rower. If you have a spare spot, maybe he's worth a go. Yeah. I think another one you can probably make a small case for is Josh Kerr. Um, looks likely to start in that front row position. Um, you know, will make his tackles, um, take the carries as well, and big motor on him. And he's always had, uh, I guess, those wraps coming through the junior systems as well. So all of those things in mind. Tommy, where do you see the Dragons finishing up at the end of the uh, regular season this year? Uh, I probably do think they miss out again in the finals. Um, 
I've given them chances the last few years and they've let me down. There's no real reason to suggest they're going to just do it this year. Maybe Anthony Griffin is what they need, but Tyson Frizzell's a pretty big loss in the Fords, and you just need to see Corey Norman, Ben Hunt, and Adam Clune, whatever they go with there, that needs to work and work quickly for them to be able to build a season. So it's there's too many risks there. The West Tigers will be looking to break a decade-long finals drought as they head into the 2021 season. A few key losses from their 2020 roster. Ryan, do you see them uh, finally getting the monkey off their back this year and playing September 40? Absolutely not. I think the West Tigers are probably the biggest sliders in the competition. Um, I mean, they were thereabouts for the, you know, a couple of those years. You know, that, that running theme of them finishing ninth, they couldn't even manage that in 2020. And I think they probably have a better team last year. Well, they definitely had a better team last year than they were, what they're going to field in 2021. And I just can't see them improving without two of their best players you know, in, at other clubs now, from yeah. last year, that is. Yeah, 100%. I, I echo those sentiments completely. It's hard to, to get excited about them when last year the main reason you would get excited about them is gone in Harry Grant the elephant yeah. in the room here, he was just everything for them, out of dummy half, provided all the spark. He's one of the hottest prospects in the game, and now he's gone. They also lose Josh Alloway up front, who was one of their better forwards. So, oh, look, I, I don't, I can't make a case for them. Uh, what are their shining lights this year? Uh, probably few and far between, but in terms of super coach, uh, I guess, growth, um, I guess it's a bit of a wait and see in terms of who wins out that for that nine position in terms of... Uh, Jake Simkin or Jacob Little. I think Little's probably got his nose in front given his first grade experience in the past. But again, he's one of those injury-prone sort of players, right? I think he's done a couple of ACLs or an ACL and a shoulder. He is young, so he's got time to, I guess, um, you know, find a feet and make up for that. When I did my classic team the first time around, I put in Little um, purely because of his price at 247k. Thereabouts, you know, in that backup sort of reserve hooker role. And then... The more I thought about the West Tigers prospects this year, I kind of thought they're probably one of those teams that, well, and again, I think they're going to come nearer to the bottom if not come dead last. But I ended up, I think I had like four or five West Tigers players in my team. So that is kind of one upside in terms of super coach perspective. They are cheaply priced because they are going to field a host of young talent. Um, you know, Stefano, Uitokamano, and Sean Bloor amongst amongst that list. Uh, one man who probably goes against the trend of the West Tigers is Nofaluma. The winger, uh, last year, big year from him, averaged 76 per game, which is massive, really, on the wing. Uh, very expensively priced this year, but probably justifiably so, would you say? Yeah, I think he's, well, I, I'm I'm not having him for round one. I can't afford, I can't justify getting him in at that price. I think a lot of his points came from tries. I think the Tigers overall struggle without Harry Grant and Benji Marshall. Obviously, they're the two players that we speak of who they lose. Um I mean, I just don't know how they how they find points this year. I mean, this Luke Brooks, he's going to have to take on the quarterback sort of role that Joel Kane often floats. Um, him and Marshall, or he and Marshall, split those possessions almost you know down the line last year in terms of a 50-50 split where the ball went left and right. So I think if they're going to have any success, that Luke Brooks has to be the main man to step up and you know command attack. He's been in this system for eight or nine years now. Now's the time, right? It's, this has to be his year. Like, like you say, he... When he came into grade, people were comparing him to Joey Johns, as so many halfbacks are, let's be honest. But yeah. he hasn't really had that year where he's gone to the next level. And possibly, like, look, maybe this is the year without Benji, without Harry Grant. He is the dominant playmaker in this team. Yeah. If he's going to really go to the next level in his career, it's going to be this year. And maybe in Supercoach, 
you back him. He's pretty cheap this year compared to what he's been in previous times. He was the Dallium halfback of the year in 2018 or 19. I can't remember. But, I mean, he has shown glimpses where he can step up and, and command control. But even in saying that, right, like you look at the, the West Tigers' spine at the fullback there, they're probably going to have, well, they say Dane Laurie or Momorowski, but I think that'll – well, that situation is another thing entirely. But Adam Dewey or Moses and Bai – um, I just can't see the, the creativity. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think Luke Brooks has to step up. At $392,000, is he even a, an option for classic coaches or you think the Tigers roster just negates that entirely? I wouldn't have him in classic. He's hard to sell there. But on in draft comps, possibly if you miss out on a couple of the better options, yeah. he has ability. In, in 2019, he averaged 58. Last year was very disappointing. I think I held him in draft comp. He only had 44. But with the uh, lack of uh, playmakers around him, you'd have to think that goes up. So he may be worth taking upon in a draft. Another player worth mentioning, possibly in Supercoach terms, is the notorious Joey Leilua. Where do we start with Joey? Well, I guess we can start. Well, he did, he's likely to swap sides, right? The Daily Telegraph is reporting today that he's going to play on the left side, outside brother Luciano. How does that impact him, do you think? You'd like to think positively, as we saw last year against uh, the Panthers. He's very protective of his brother and loves his brother. So <laughs> playing closer to him is going to be good. As a Ra- Raiders fan, I was very like front row seat to see what he was capable of, both good and bad. And yeah. there was more good than bad at Canberra, but he seems to have regressed a little bit at West Tigers. It's really going to be on coach uh, Michael Maguire to really pull him into line. And we all know that on his day, he's damaging. So... Yeah, there's a case to be made for him. And you look at this West Tigers team, and we you know, spoke about it briefly there, the amount of young names that they're going to field. Joey's at a point now, he's played in a couple of grand finals, he's been on the cusp of origin selection probably three or four seasons ago when he was at his best. He, as much as he sounds silly, he has to be a senior and a cool head in his team if they are going to f- prosper, right? Because t- you look around, outside of he and Brooks, they lose experience in Marshall, in Chris Lawrence. You know, They've got lots of ground to make up there. Yeah, I think like all those reasons, like that reason especially, is why I can't see them doing anything this year. Like I, I have them coming last. When you've got Joey Lelua as one of your senior players, it's not a great sign. We, we forgot to mention they do pick up James Tarmow, but they lose Josh Reynolds. So Tarmow, Tarmow is a good acquisition in terms of leadership. I, on the field, he'll do a job, but yeah, he's probably good for the culture off the field. I'll give you that. I'll give them that. But yeah, as I said, I. Just looking across their roster compared to pretty much every other team, they're just really lacking any excitement. Like, why am I going to go watch West Tigers play? Really? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. One thing with Tarmow, though, he comes to the club and you look at the props around him, largely inexperienced. They lose Matt Eisenhuth as well to the Panthers, right? So Tarmow, I think he was the beneficiary of playing in the Panthers team because he had so many other good forwards around him. Uh, Spencer Lenio off the bench, but also Moses Leota, um, Fisher Harris as well, Isaiah Yo through the middle. So the Panthers were just this charge coming through the middle. He was just a key cog in that machine, but he has to be the machine now at the West Tigers. Yeah, he's got a big role to play. So uh, that that's that's the thing. Like Some of their players are going to have to go above and beyond what they've ever gone before to reach anything this year. So it's, it's just hard to imagine. But look, for Tigers fans, I know you've done it tough over the past decade. I hope there is some light at the end of the tunnel this year. Do you really? Look, let's not go into my personal biases, but oh, they deserve something, West Tigers fans, but it's just going to be... It's hard to see, isn't it? Yeah, I, I can't have them in the top eight. I think they'll be a bottom four team again, and it's a question mark for mine. Why don't they get Benji one more year? I mean, he says he wanted to play on. Why don't you keep him one more year? What's 
it's not going to make you a worse team having Benji Marshall in your team. He led the tries this last year with 21. Like, he's still playing good footy. Yeah, I guess the only benefit I see from moving him on is perhaps Luke Brooks gets to own the team now. But yeah, as you said, he's a club legend. He probably would have been good to have from a leadership point of view. So yeah, he's another one that's just gone by the wayside for the West Tigers. And yeah, it's, it's not looking great for 2021. One team who will be hoping to build upon plenty of promise that they showed in 2020 will be the New Zealand Warriors, or we're calling them the Tamworth Warriors now because they'll be based out of New South Wales again, or the Gosford Warriors, wherever they start this season. So finishing in 10th last year, I think that was far and away beyond where anyone ever thought that they could finish. When we got that news in March that they'd be staying in Australia, we they were almost consigned to a wooden spoon finish, but somehow they avoided it. Yeah, well, everyone with any sort of uh, sense of the game so that they were going to come last. So it was an amazing effort, really. Todd Payton, the way he managed to get those troops into line and come 10th uh, was just incredible. But it'll be interesting this year. Like last year, they're obviously playing off the emotion of it all. This year, second time they've had to do it. Perhaps it's not as exciting this time. Will it impact them like the second-year syndrome almost? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I guess we kind of have to wait and see. I think you looked at the teams that kind of did well last year. Obviously, the Melbourne Storm, the Premiers were one of those teams that had to kind of relocate away from home. And often the sides just on the cusp or outside of Sydney, um, in terms of the, you know, the Canberra Raiders, a top eight team, um, Newcastle Knights made the top eight as well. So I don't know, maybe there's some merit into thinking that bunkering down into that kind of backs against the world, the world hates us mentality actually served the Warriors good last year. Yeah, it did, 100%. Um, hopefully for them, they deserve to go well again, really. They're doing so much to keep this competition afloat. Um, Phil Gould joins the consultant uh, joins the club in a consultancy role. Nathan Brown, new coach, another new coach for a club this year. How do you see uh, Gould and Brown working together? Obviously, Gus has had some interesting relationships with coaches in the past. Yeah, uh, as long as he stays at arm's length, I think from Nathan Brown. I don't think Brown's the most technically gifted coach. I mean, I think he's good at harnessing that you know, club mentality, which is pretty much what the Warriors need in this situation, right? Particularly the fact that their, their captain, Roger Tuovaza Shek, has just announced that this will be his last year. So I mean, he might be able to bring this group together and to, to push for a top eight spot. I don't know. I don't know what Gould will do to this club. I don't think he can be a bad addition. No. He, he Despite, he has a lot of naysayers and a lot of people don't like him, but I don't think you can doubt his rugby league mind. He obviously knows a lot about the game. He's been around yeah. forever. I think he'll do good for the Warriors, and they need someone like him to really turn them into a, a more professional and big organisation. So I think he's a good uh, addition for them, as long as he can work well with Nathan Brown. I think within the game, people respect Gus. Like, you don't look at him, and I know, I don't know, he has his detractors, and he takes a piss on Twitter with the Warrior and <laughs> the Raider and the Eel and all of that. But I think if you're within the game, if you're the Warriors and you know, you're positioning Gosford or whatever, I think you know, he might be able to G you up. Yeah, look, I, I think he's a good acquisition. Obviously, there's risks there, but look, hopefully for them, they can have a big year. And hopefully also for them, COVID, as it seems to be, fingers crossed, it seems to be dying off a little bit. Well, do, they go back, do they go back to New Zealand? Well, that's I saw Gus the other day on Twitter saying they hope to play some games in Mount Smart later in the year, and that would be a massive boost for them to have their fans come see them if, if they're allowed to have crowd capacity. But that could be something to look forward to for them. Um, on the field... Uh, one of the most exciting things for the Warriors this year is the signing of Adam Fanua Blake from Manly, one of the mo- more, I guess, damaging front rowers in the game. Yeah. Uh, what do you see happening with him? Well, we spoke in our Manly preview of just how important he was to their side. And obviously, the, the Warriors have, 
I don't want to say they've been lacking that forward leader, but you know, outside of uh, Ben Matalino when he was at his best, in you know, but that was, even then that was fucking ten years ago, right? Hmm. Like I don't know. I think Fanua Blake will bring a little bit as long as he's on the field and he's not suspended. Um, you know, that's one thing. But they have made a host of signings this year. I think the Warriors probably one of the more active teams in the transfer market than than a lot of the others we've previewed at this point. Yeah, just got running through some of them now. Ben Murdoch Masilla is an interesting one. Comes from uh, the English Super League. Used to play in the NRL. He might start on the bench, perhaps, to get acclimatised, or he could start in the second row. He's one to watch. Also, UN8 can, comes from the Dragons. Uh, any others there worth mentioning? Possibly Sean O'Sullivan from the Broncos is an interesting one. Kane Evans from Para. Yeah, I think I guess the beauty in the Warriors' end to the season was how settled they were in the halves. Nick Arima and Harris Tavita finally looked like they got to a point where they were confident in themselves. Uh, so obviously Blake Green's a part of the team, so kind of a like-for-like replacement in terms of a backup six there getting O'Sullivan. But um, now other than that, they lose a bit of experience in Adam Blair, who's obviously retired, Jared Beale as well. Isaiah Papali'i may be one of the unsung heroes in their back row for the last couple of seasons. But other than that, um, yeah, I, th- I think there's improvement in this team. So, you know, they finish 10th. Can they finish in the top eight? Absolutely, I think they can. Oh, I'm not sure about that personally. Um, they could sneak in. They punched above their weight last year, I think. Yeah, I don't know how long you can do that for. It'll be interesting. Um, from a super coach perspective, if you have any must-have players from the Warriors, possibly Tohu Harris is the number one candidate there. Average is nearly 70. Uh, plays big minutes. He's really Mr. Reliable. I think he'll be pretty popular, especially in draft competitions. Uh any thoughts there? Yeah, definitely uh, one of their standout players last year. $613,000 is where he starts. So you're playing in that premium sort of category alongside the likes of Tamalolo and Crichton, Madison, McInnes. You probably can't have them all. So uh, personally, I won't be having Tohu Harris to start the year, but can definitely make a case for him. Um, maybe once that price drops a little bit and uh, we've made some money elsewhere. Uh, we mentioned Roger Tuivasa-Shek earlier about his uh, moving to Rugby Union at the end of this season in Supercoach. Pretty cheap this year, 520000 a lot cheaper than the, the big guns in the fullback category. Obviously hasn't uh, brought about the numbers of those players in recent years. Yeah. But uh, if you do look back just quickly, 59 average last year, down from 71 in 2019, if he could refine 2019 numbers, uh, he's looking pretty cheap. And he's got a point to prove as well. Like, he doesn't want to just coast this year with the Warriors and kind of put his hand up and say, all right, I'm gone, I'm done, I'm off to Rugby Union now. Like, I think he's going to have a point to prove. He's the captain. He carries his team on their back quite literally with the amount of metres that he runs from the backfield. So, uh, Roger, at that price, definitely a good option. Uh, you know, if you are playing away from the likes of Teddy or Pappy or Turbo, wherever, you know, depending on how you set up your team. Yeah, I think personally he'll be someone I'll probably be targeting as a cheaper option. Um, And in draft, I'd be happy to end up with him for sure. Uh, Someone worth keeping an eye on, as again we mentioned earlier, Ben murnock Basilla. It's a bit of an unknown quantity, but I think from memory, I was it was probably, what, five, six years ago, but he he had a bit of ability. Yeah, he did, and he had that bit of mongrel about him as well, which I think is always going to serve you well in terms of um, you know whether you start or come off the bench. We kind of have to wait and see, but um, definitely one to keep an eye on. I think I've already kind of given you my predictions. I think the Warriors might be able to sneak in. I mean, they're one of those teams that's going to finish 8th to 11th to 12th for mine. Um, things will have to go their way for them to you know fall into the top eight, but I, I, it's not out of the question. I'm a bit... I don't want to be negative about the Warriors, but I, I have them in the bottom four this year. Um just looking across their roster, they have a good four-pack, I'll give them that, but 
Nickareem and Harris Tevita have a big job. Um, they're not really proven halves, I wouldn't say, together. They they did well last year. Yeah. And then their back line, two of us, checks obviously a gun, but it's not... I don't know. I'm not too excited about them. I hope that they can get through this COVID storm and have some more success, but I've probably got them in that 13th to uh, 16th bracket. It's good to disagree. Sometimes it is. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got the Gold Coast Titans, who have made two massive signings, um, and they made one of them a very, very long time ago in Tina Fa'asumaliawi. Uh, I think he was signed before the start of the 20. 20- 20 season or yeah. even at the back end of 2019 so kind of before he was big Tino yeah it's been a long time coming um at the time it probably wouldn't have looked like a groundbreaking signing but now given his efforts last year it looks amazing I suppose the only question mark I would have about Tino is Melbourne Storm players when they leave the storm that's set up yeah you rarely see them go better no, um, that's, that's yeah that's fair but maybe given his age and the Titans look like a, a boom young team, perhaps he can keep the ball rolling. Obviously, the other big name we speak of in terms of signings, at least, is David Fafita. It was, you know, was he going to stay at the Broncos? Was he going to go down to the Titans? He's settled on the ladder. Uh, Queensland Origin player, firebrand, try scorer, big hitter. He brings about him an excitement and that marketability that the Gold Coast has probably been crying out for since Cherry Evans signed and then backflipped way back in 2015. Yeah, Fafida is uh, he's an exciting player. In super coach terms, I all off season I didn't think I'd I'd look at him as an option. But looking at his price, he's quite cheap. He only played a few games last year. I'm not sure how many, but he missed a lot of the year for the Broncos. Played nine games last year. Nine games last year out of twenty, a possible twenty. And that was in a Broncos team which we've already spoken about earlier in our podcasts about how they were last year. Everyone knows that they were a basket case. I think he has to go better this year, really. For Fafita, yeah. Well, again, you mentioned he played nine games there, and I won't bore you with, I guess, the numbers uh, in in their entirety. But some some matches which stand out here: a ninety-four against the Roosters at the SCG. So that's you know that's a fixture-proof sort of score. An eighty against the Raiders in Canberra, and to start the year in um, against the Cowboys up there in front of what was a boisterous Cowboys crowd, seventy-five points. Uh, so he has the ability to go big. I guess he has that 40 base, so it's kind of down uh, on other like-for-like price options, at least. Yeah, you are heavily, heavily reliant on him doing things in attack. But in a team as exciting as the Gold Coast, I think he may be worth the money. It, just quickly on the Gold Coast, it's good to see them finally have a, an exciting team. There's no reason why a team should not work in the Gold Coast. It never seems to, but hopefully yeah. this can finally be... The, uh, the spark it needs to work. Uh, any other players, I guess, worth watching this year? Yeah, Cameron Smith. Oh. Is he going to turn up at the Titans with the two weeks before the preseason? How? I cannot believe we're sitting here January 31st and we don't know what the best player in the game is doing. Well, Matty Johns has an opinion and uh, it's kind of timely because he came out, I don't know, if it was overnight or across the weekend. But he's suggested that Smith is holding off on his decision with a point in mind that maybe he's going to end up at the Titans. He's obviously relocated his life and his family. And I don't know if they're paying him pro rata, if they can sign him in February and it's cheaper. I did the maths this morning. If he's a million-dollar player for 12 months, for nine months, or thereabouts come February, $750,000. So that's a fair chunk of money off his would-be price tag, right? Yeah. Oh, look. And we're just hypothesizing. It's the biggest story of the offseason, isn't it, really? You're looking at the best player in the game probably ever possibly going to one of the 
teams with the most potential. And look, even without Smith, I still have them possibly making the eight. But with Smith at nine instead of Mitch Rain, no disrespect to Mitch Rain, but yeah, it's not Cameron Smith. Smith. Yeah. Like it's just, it would be unbelievable, wouldn't it? It's the one position in this spine that you kind of think does need a bit of work. You look at Brimson at the back; he showed his best, turned into a Maroons player last year. Ash Taylor kind of found that bit of form that he was projected to have a couple of years ago. Fogarty's done a job since he's arrived. And then there's Mitch Rain, who probably hasn't played his best footy since 2015. Yeah, just on uh, Ash Taylor, I, I actually think he might be a little smoky in super coach terms. Um, pretty cheap. Same price as Fogarty, but I think you'd have to say Ash Taylor has a bigger, a higher ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. I've Fogarty. actually included him in my classic team. Yeah. I've got him at six alongside Cleary at seven. So I think... <sighs> I think they're actually going to swap sides this year, uh, Fogarty and Taylor. So whether or not that has an impact, I'm not sure. And like everyone obviously bagged out the Gold Coast for paying a million dollars for Taylor. But yes, it was overpriced, but he did have ability. He does have ability. There's yeah. no denying that. And this is the year to show it. He looks more settled. The team has a bit of uh, enthusiasm around them, excitement around them. This could be the year for him. He's passed three scores to finish, well, his last three scores to finish off the 2020 season as well. This is Ash Taylor. Uh, 69 against the Broncos, a 61 against Manly, and a 78 against the Knights. So not the best teams in terms of the opposition he's coming up against with, but you can only play what's in front of you, right? And if you're averaging about 70 quickly, my quick math is there, 70 points over your last three games, then that's yeah, holding good fit. And if Cameron Smith joins, like he can only be richer for that, I would think. Um, in our preview, our team preview on supercoach365.com.au, we mentioned Patrick Herbert as are worthy of a second thought. Yeah, look, probably trying to find a bit of depth or a bit of value here. Um, you know, he's a, he's a try scorer, right? And he's come through, the, the first of all, the Dragons um, lower league setup. I think he actually debuted uh, as a Dragon. I have to double-check that. I but, think so. I think you're right. Yeah, but he's a try scorer. You think he goes to another level outside the quality of halves, and if... Fogarty and Taylor can provide some options. Uh, he, you know, his final three scores of last year at the Warriors, 78, 63, and 80. So and that was in a team that was pushing for a lower place in the finals. That's exactly what the Titans will be this year. Yeah, so we'll, I'll just go on to that. It feels weird to even ask this question, but do you see them making the eight, the Gold Coast Titans? I'll have to wait until Cameron Smith. It's all on does Smith. Well, well, kind of is, right? Because yeah. they're, they're about thereabouts. They're a fringe top eight team without him, and they're probably a top six team with him. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. It's good to be having this conversation about the Gold Coast Titans. Um, I hope that it's not a false dawn for them. And um, I, I really just hope they go, well, I have them sneaking into the eight. So hopefully uh, Ryan and I are right, and uh, Gold Coast fans can have some long overdue success. That's it, and uh, that's well. That brings us to a close. This is our second preview podcast. Another two to come, and up next, uh, we work our way from the bottom to the top. It will be the Sharks, the Knights, the Rabbitohs, and Tommy's Raiders in our third edition of the preview pod. Stay tuned for that one. Uh, until next time, it's goodbye. For now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.